so today we're just going to talk a little bit more. Pastors laid a wonderful um, words for the past few Sundays on emotions. That's uh, victory in Jesus, his emotions, his plan, his will, his words in our life. But when it gets on the reverse side of what Satan has to say to you, then it's uh, the, other, the other track here. So we're just going to talk a little bit about that. You know, Satan has had more success and more victory in your life and in mine, in all of us, through our emotions. And that's true. We have emotions going left or emotions going right. But it don't have to be that way. We have thought, well, you know what? This emotion's just on me and there's nothing I can do about it. I feel depressed. I feel irritated. I feel uh, emotional about many things. And there's just nothing I can do. It's just here. I just have to put up with it. Well, there's nothing further from the truth. We might have been putting up with it, but I'll tell you, we don't have to. And things are about to change for us in more ways than one because there's change. There's change coming. Can you say amen to that? We know it politically, socially, emotionally, and in our services in our services, the salvation, the victory that we can have in Jesus, we're about to experience more of that. And so today, we're just going to talk about these emotions here. You know, Satan has, like I said, has had more success there probably than any other way. You know, he wants you to think you can't help it. He wants you to think there's nothing you can do about it. But we're going to take charge because we can, because we have authority over the enemy and nothing should by any means hurt us or possess us when we're walking in the light of the word. But you know what? To have this victory over your emotions or to have victory where healing is concerned or to have victory in any other way, you've got to focus on the word. You've got to focus on the word. Sometimes we lose our focus. Out, you're out in the world all day. There's many voices out there. You know that's true. And when you come home, that home needs to be just like the Garden of Eden. When you get home, it needs to be that peaceful place where the peace is, where you can come in and have time with the family and have time with God. So that's what we're going to do. Aside from anything else the devil's got to say about it, we just won't take that. We're just not going to take that because the good news is the master's in you. When you're saved, he's living in there, and he wants to make you the success that he promised you could be. So he says in Ephesians uh, 6, 10 through 12, uh, this is from King James, but whatever they put up there, that's fine. We'll just read it. He said, finally, my brethren. When he says finally, come on now. Will you do this? Finally, you're going to do this. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Not yours, not your ability, not your might, but his might. And put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. That's his bag of tricks. That's what he pulls on you. That's the emotion that he pulls to try to pull you down. He is doing everything to disconnect you. And the thing about it is he's going to do that till his lease runs out here. But what will we do about that? What will we do? when he's doing everything to disconnect you, to uh, disqualify you, and he does, but we have an opportunity 
with the Lord Jesus and his word, and what are we going to do with it, then we have an opportunity to overcome these wiles of the devil. And he said, For you wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. You know, when humans are coming down against you, when there's argument, when there's somebody berating you, when they're coming against you, it's not that person really. It's said you're not wrestling against that person. What you're doing is wrestling against the powers of the spirit that's driving that person. And that's what you have to do. Not the person, but take authority over the, the, the character that's causing the upheaval in their life. Really, they need your prayers. Uh, we all need to pray you one for another, of course. So, you know, there's, uh, there's categories of devils and demons. You know, there's the chief devil and there's the devils, but there's the low-level devils, and they're all devils, of course. But, you know, they're designed to pull you down. But we're designed to get up, to rise up, to take our authority, and to go with it in the name of Jesus. You are a three-part being. You are a spirit. You are a spirit. You have a soul, your mind, your emotions, and your intellect. And you have a body. This is just the house you live in while you're here. But the soul, the spirit man, the real you, if there were three standing here, we are a three-part being. We are a soul. We have a body. We are a spirit first and foremost. So the spirit needs to rule over the mind, which is our emotions, our mind, emotions, intellect, all of that in the soulish realm. And we need to rule, the spirit man needs to rule over that. We have rule over that. We can and we do because he gave it to us in the name of Jesus. So since you are a three-part being, your soul, your mind, your emotions houses or contains your thoughts, your feelings, and what you choose to do. It's all here in the emotional. And so Satan plays it, and you have to give it to God to get his results. So that's what, we're going, that's what we'll do. That's what we'll find out more about today. Your feelings, we're going to think about your feelings and your thoughts and what you choose to do. Proverbs 23, 7 says, a part of it I'm reading is the mind, uh, the, as you think in your heart, a man is as he thinks in his heart. It has to start with a thought. So what are you thinking? What have you been thinking today? What are you thinking about? What have you been dwelling on? You've been dwelling on the problem? Or you've been dwelling on the answer? Okay. Problem, answer. When we put more time, more effort, more dwelling in what's coming against us, then the answer is to carry us then we've got our mind more on what Satan's doing and the issues against us than our mind in what it takes to change that issue. You can change every issue by faith in the Word of God. You can do that. That's why he came, hallelujah, to, so that we could. So everything starts with a thought. You have to think it before you speak it. And then when you think it, you think about it, you speak it, then you begin to act on it. 
you make a choice to do what Satan's trying to get you to do. He's got, you've got issues in your life, all of us do, that we're overcoming, that we're trying to put our faith toward, whether it's the kids, whether it's a house, whether you need a vehicle, whether you've got sickness in your body, but your mind is thinking about this issue. But the Word of God tells you the antidote for the issues that you're facing in life. And so we need to take hold of the Word and, and change this. You know, feelings, just your feelings here. Uh, feelings is just, uh, there used to be an old song, pastor sang really well a minute ago. I bet he'd know it. Feelings. <laughs> Nothing more than feelings. <laughs> so, but you know, I'm, I'm, you're smiling. I think some of you know that too. But I might be the oldest one here. You may not. <laughs> anyway, so, but the enemy brings these things to you. But the victory or the defeat, the victory or the defeat that you'll have is right between your ears. Okay. It's right between your ears. It's your mind, your emotions, your intellect. And what track are you going to run it on? Are you going to run with the Word of God that can change it? Are you going to go with the devil's thoughts that can keep you in defeat and draw you lower and lower and lower? So Satan's strategies, like I said, is just to pull you down. It's just to defeat you. That's his job. And he'll do it till his lease runs out. But our job is to place our faith firmly on the Word of God and put it in our mouth and act on what God has got to say about us. Not what Satan's saying. For example, if he tells you you're never going to get the job, you're never going to have that, you can't pay your rent, well, what did the Word say? Go get the Word to take to replace that. Don't wall around in that. Replace it. He said all your needs are met according to his riches and glory. He said every earthly favor and blessing coming to you in abundance. If it's healing, he said by his stripes you're healed. He said he sent his word and healed you and brought you out of the pit of destruction. So you see, the word is what we need to focus on. Uh, but Satan wants it the other way. He causes us just to think about and keep the plan of God from being fulfilled in our life. He wants you to think, as I said, nothing can be done about it. But feelings encase this right here. The spirit of depression. All of us have been there at one time or another. If you happen to get there, do not stay there. Get up and cast that down. You don't want anything that God didn't plant. And he did not plant depression. D that's one of them, though. And anger. Did you ever get so angry? And we're going to talk about that. There is a thing that you can be angry and sin not. We know that. And we'll cover that. But anger, just angry. You know, it said don't uh, in uh, Proverbs, it talks about not having so much communion with an angry man, so to speak. Anger will not solve your issue. It just makes your blood pressure rise and, <laughs> and makes your body sick, and you don't want that. So anger, when you're working on something, did you throw your tools or maybe the lady threw her hairbrush or something like that? Well, why? I mean, it didn't help your issue, did it? <laughs> if you did, it didn't help. So anger and tears, you know. We can have tears. I've done it myself. Or self-pity. Oh, woe is me. You know what? 
I don't know why they did that to me, but you know, it's just that. And I just feel sorry for myself. Well, that won't help you out of your issue. <laughs> so, but you know, you don't grow there. You allow the word to rise up in you till you can take your total biblical authority over that. So it's, it's uh, a self-pity. It's blame somebody else all the time. Well, you know what? I wouldn't be this way if it wasn't Tim's fault. If it, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't um, Becky's fault. Or she did, the, or I did, you know. People hold a grudge, Tim. When did they do that to you? Ten years ago. Ten years ago. So come on now. You know, don't blame somebody else. If they had a part to play, forgive them. Receive from God yourself and go on. Do not hold unforgiveness. It will kill you. It is not God's plan. And sometimes we feel like I'm not worthy. I'm just not worthy. One day a lady came to the house. She said, I'm just not worthy to receive this or that. I'm not worthy to receive it. I said, are you washed in the blood? Are you saved? Well, I knew she was. Oh, yes, I'm saved. What's the matter with you? You know I am. I said, well, you're causing the calling the blood unworthy because the blood is worthy. Remember, I think you told us last week or a few days back, honor the blood, honor the blood, honor the blood. And then fear, that's what's going on in the nation now. Fear is driving what we see. It, their emotions and their fear tactics and to get somebody else that's driving what we're looking at in the nation now. Fear of the virus and fear of people because it's a, it's a different place out there. But we have authority. We have authority in the nation. We have authority over us. Authority in that name that we just sang about. And that's the name of Jesus so, you know, those things we face, shame, for example, if you've done something, hey, anything you've ever done, when you say, Lord, forgive me, that chart up in heaven's washed clean, it's nothing against you up there. There's nothing against you. You look at that and there's nothing under your name because he forgive it all, because he loves you and he wants to do that. So when these things come in your emotions, then you cast him down every imagination, everything that sets itself against God because God wants to be Lord of your life. He wants to be Lord. We want to make him Lord of our life. So it, it, it includes, your soulish realm includes your thoughts, it includes your thinking, and it includes your choice. Now these emotions have come. Now you're in fear. Now you're uh, a little bit uh, sick or something like that. What are you going to do about it then? Now what to do? Now what are you going to do? Well, you're going to make choose. Your chooser. Your thinker and your chooser is up here. <laughs> so what are you going to do? You're going to choose. What are you going to choose? Going to choose just fall in with the devil and let him run over you? Or are you going to choose the word and say no? Not today, Satan. Not in me, Satan. He's under your feet anyway. If you're saved, you're seated with, with Jesus in heavenly places. So he is under your feet. Keep him down there. Keep him down there. Do not let him rise up against you because you have authority. You have the authority over that. And it's up to you what you do about it. So uh, this is the thing about it. Adam was given dominion in the garden. He was. Over the fish of the sea and the fowl of the air and all of that. You know, man has made, man is made to rule. 
he's, he's made to control, but not to control somebody else. You have control over your own emotions. God never intended you to control somebody else. He's, you've got control over what the devil's doing. Your control over your own feelings, your own emotions. What are you going to choose to do? But you're never to control another human being because that is not God's plan. He means for us to control, but not others, not other people. In 2 Peter uh, 1, uh, 3 through 6, he says, For the divine power has bestowed upon me everything necessary for life and godliness. So he tells us he's given us everything that pertains to life and godliness through truth and personal knowledge of him who calls us by his own glory. For by these he has bestowed on us precious, magnificent promises. What, you know, we used to sing those out of the hymnal, precious promises, you know, the precious promises. Hey, we got precious promises. Amen. But what are we going to do with them? We got what we're going to do with them. Standing on the promises, remember that one? Well, we're going to stand on the promises. So he gave us precious promises so that then we may escape from the immoral freedom. The world's free to do anything it wants to do, and it's doing it. You can see that. But we escape from that into, into the world and become shares of uh, divine, his divine nature. For this very reason, applying your, apply your diligence. And this is one thing. He's teaching us here step by step by step by step. He said, apply diligence to the, pre to the promises. Make every effort then to exercise your faith. So you're going to be diligent. You're going to exercise your faith. And then you're going to de develop moral excellence. So it's faith. It's exercising uh, and developing your faith. Then it goes on to moral, that's uh, good conduct, moral excellence. And then from moral excellence to knowledge, and then self-control. And in your self-control, then you develop steadfastness. You get there, but you've got to stay there, you know, steadfast, immovable. Develop steadfastness, godliness then. And in your godliness, you develop brotherly affection. And in the brotherly affection, you develop Christian love. Well, what, what does everything hang on anyway? All the gifts, everything hang. It's like a clothesline. If love is a clothesline, everything's hanging there. Everything is hanging there. Love, joy, peace, gentleness, kindness. It's all hanging on the love, on that clothesline of love, which makes your faith work. It makes your faith work. Love, work, faith worketh by love. So that's what works is when you put that love walk out there and you act on his word. You know, if you're going to walk in love, uh, you're not going to uh, do some of the things that we've been known to do, but we're going to use our love not only to love one another, but to love the Lord your God with all your heart. Because, you know, we all like affection. We all like to be told, I love you. God does too. He likes to hear us say, and we do. So can we just say, Lord, I love you. Lord, we love you. We love you. We do. We do. So 
you know those things though from what we learned up here bring suicide thoughts like I said anger and depression and all that that's just enemy spirits that's the enemy so when the enemy does that he pushes us and he squeezes you that's pressure he puts the pressure right on you oh you just pressure how am I going to get through this what am I going to do about this pressure but if the word is in here in abundance and you have to stay focused you got to put the word in there so when you're squeezed what comes out when you're squeezed what comes out is it anger is it cursing is it the thought of the enemy or what you put in there from the word of God will come out and put it right in his face that he drops his self at your feet because you do have that authority and thank God we do thank God we do so uh, when he pushes you know you can take a, an old sponge I've seen Bill do it get out there and wash the car you know and he have this sponge and squeeze in that big old sponge what comes out if it's water in the bucket it's water but when Satan puts the squeeze on you the squeeze on you what comes out it's what you put in there you go down to the bank and you make a deposit but if you go down to the bank and you haven't deposited there's no there's no withdrawal if there's nothing in the bank you can't write a check and draw it out if there's nothing in here you can't reach down and draw it out to stand against the wiles of the enemy and defeat him in your presence but it is a daily thing a daily thing of staying in the word a daily thing of focusing on the word a daily thing of speaking the word and then acting on what he has to say about it not what the enemy has to say but what God has to say about it in John 10 10 for example we know and Satan come oh he came to steal to kill and to destroy but God said I've come thank God he came can you say amen Woo! hallelujah thank God he came he, he came that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly more abundantly are you enjoying the more abundant life today I, th I don't guess any of us are where God would have us to be but we can be we can move up every day in victory in victory not defeat not defeat Luke 10 19 said you could we quoted that earlier and he give you authority over everything the devil has to offer and nothing shall by any means hurt you now we're going to go I'm going to give you some examples of uh, anger from the Bible and from uh, pressure and then we'll see what you know it came it always come it even came to Jesus but he did something about it just like we got to do something about it so if we go to Ephesians 4 26 and 27 he said be angry and sin not and give no foothold no foothold to the devil give him no opportunity you know that old saying if you give him an inch he'll take a mile isn't that right He'll just keep coming and coming and it'll build and it'll build and it'll build. 
but you don't give him a place because when you give him a place he'll take more room than what you thought he could and more room than what you want to give and you'll find yourself not in a good spot so I want to ask you a question did Jesus ever get angry Jesus ever get angry yeah he did we're going to read about it uh, it's several in the Gospels it's recorded several different times but we're going to read this one today from John 2 starting with verse 15 and I, I put this in the Passion but anything they put up we'll get it so Jesus went into the temple courtyard and he noticed it was filled with merchants and they were selling uh, oxen lambs doves at an exuberant price while over on the other uh, side they were charging an extra charge for the and the currency was there behind the other behind the other counter so Jesus found some rope and he made a whip and then he drove out every one of them and their animals from the courtyard of the temple and he kicked over the money tables and he s uh, the money went everywhere it just scattered everywhere he meant business and he shouted at the merchants get these things out of here don't you dare make my father's house a den of merchants sometimes what do we make the father's house we don't come in with the doves uh, and the lambs or the oxen but sometimes we degrade in our own mannerisms the temple but this is the temple of the Lord your body remember this is where he's living when you're saved he's in here so we want to fix the temple we want to chase out the adversary we want to give him no room but when Jesus drove them out the disciples remembered the scripture that says I'm consumed with a fiery passion to keep your house pure so right now we're charged with a fiery passion to keep this house pure the more pure the house the less Satan can come the more pure the house the more focused in the word the more when the squeeze comes on you win you win you're never defeated when you're standing on the word to win for you overcome by the blood of the lamb and what you've got to say about it and your actions on it and so they remembered that now Jesus was angry he was he was angry but he never sinned he went to clean the temple if the literal if something literal came in the building here that was destroying the building or the people in the building would you not rise to do what you could to stop it sure you would but when he comes against this temple what are you going to do to stop it if the words in here you put the word in here the promise against what he's doing and you can keep the house pure and you can keep it from being overrun and degraded or disconnected now we act according to the word and that gives us our provision our direction our protection our healing remember he said I've given you everything 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 that pertains to life and godliness so he give you all things to enjoy to enjoy uh, but enjoy in line with his word 
because you won't enjoy if you get in the path over here listening to the enemy. Now, we're going now to Matthew uh, 26, starting with 36. Was Jesus ever depressed? Yes, he was. Yes, he was. You know, Jesus was God and man, but everything he did here on the earth, he did as a man. He laid down his glory. He did it as a man. So you could, mankind can do what man paid for us to be able to do. See, he did it all as a man, proving that mankind, that's women and men, we can do what he did because this, what he did right here, made it possible, made it possible for us to do that. And so we take that, we take that and we act on it so we can live in the victory that he called us to live in. So in Matthew, it says, And when Jesus uh, came with them, that's the disciples, to a place called Gethsemane, and he told his disciples, sit here while I go over there and pray, and, ta and he take with him the two sons of Zebedee, John and James. And he began to be very grieved and very depressed. He knew what was facing him, but you know what? He didn't have to do it. He didn't have to, because he hadn't done anything wrong. But that's love unconditional when he loved you and when he loved me enough to lay down his life. He was willing to take that depression. He didn't want it. He asked him, God, Father, if there's any other way, if there's just any other way to do this thing, Lord, is there another way? Is there another way? But he was also willing he said, but if there's not any other way, then so be it, I'll do it. He was, grieved, he was grieved and depressed, and he said to them, my soul, your mind, your emotions, your intellect, my soul, my soul is deeply grieved, and I am almost dying of sorrow. One, this, not in this one, but the other uh, chapter called said he had uh, sweat drops of blood. Did you know you can get so much pressure on you, and he did, that you could sweat drops of blood? I have known people that faced such tragedy that it changed the color of their hair overnight. Changed the color of their hair overnight. When they didn't have a gray hair one or whatever, it changed the color of their hair overnight. That is pressure. That's why you need to be filling up with the word when you don't need it for that day because there's a day you will. There's a day Satan will come. That's true. And so he said he was just sorrowful enough to die. But he said to them, now stay here and keep watch with me. And after going a little farther, he fell face down and he prayed saying, my father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Yet, not I, not my will, but your will be done. When you face something that you can't see how you could do it financially, but he's telling you to do it. Or you can, can't see how you're physically able to do it, but he's telling you to do it. Or you don't feel like you uh, have the ability. It's not your ability, honey. It's just your availability. It's his ability. It's his ability. You just got to make yourself available here. You just got to make yourself available. So thank God you can. 
And so he said, not my will, but yours be done. And he went back and he found them sleeping. But what did he ask them to do to start with? He said, can you not watch with me an hour? Could you do it? And so he went back, and they were sleeping, and he said to Peter, So you men could not stay awake and keep watch with me one hour. Keep watching and praying now that you come not into temptation. Well, they didn't watch, and they didn't pray, and they did enter into temptation because they denied him. So they did enter in. So, but he told them, Watch and pray that you won't, but they slept on. And so he went away the second time and prayed, saying, My father, if this cannot pass away unless I drink it, then your will be done. And again he came and found them sleeping, for their eyes were heavy. So leaving them again, he went away and he prayed for the third time, saying the same words again. Then he returned to the disciples and he said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? The hours come. The Son of Man is being betrayed, and he's going to be handed over to sinners. So let, get, get up and let's go. And, of course, they did. Now, you know, you have personal things that way as well. Uh, all of us as human beings have never always walked in the victory every day, but we can. But we can. Uh, I haven't either. Uh, I remember back in the 80s, uh, I took a situation that I was facing. Now, I was a Christian since 62, but in the 80s, I took the care. I had a situation going, and instead of taking what I know, maybe you have as well, and saying, no, I'm not taking that. I won't take that. Well, I didn't say that, and I wasn't really conscious that I was yielding to it, but I was. And so I began to take the worry. It was 1985, and I began to take the worry over the situation. And I just let it, I didn't do anything but just concentrate on the what was going on. Not the answer, not the answer, not I can overcome, no. I just kept on worrying and thinking about this, you know, you'll think, what if this happens or what if it don't happen? Most time it won't, but <laughs> you know, he builds in you, builds in you, builds in you. So I began to worry about this situation and try to figure out what in the world could be done about it. But I couldn't, I couldn't do anything about it. And I was not praying, so to speak, about it as I was worrying about it. Well, it caused me to lose down under 100 pounds and I got dehydrated, and I was, would cry if you looked at me, and I was embarrassed because I did, but I did. And so my husband, being a very wonderful pastor, teacher, so on, so on, he's gone on to heaven now. In 19 and, or 2008 he went. But he said to me, finally, finally. I went to the doctor, of course, he gave me some medication, uh, it didn't help really and the fourth day when I got up to take the medication it was in my kitchen window and I reached for the bottles in the window and the Lord said in me over this situation you really don't need that now I'm not telling you not to take your medicine 
remember, I'm not saying that to you. I'm saying what he said to me. He said, you really don't need that. And I could hear that voice, and I put those bottles back in the window. And I never took another one, and the situation was still the same. It hadn't changed. So my husband said, you know what we're going to do, Shirley? We should have done it already. He said, we're going to write out the prayer of agreement or petition, however, in Matthew 18, 18, 19. If any two agree is touching anything, you know, it'll be done. And he said, we're going to have scripture to back it up to solve this thing. And he said, once, it's heavenly business. You go to a lawyer, you've got the documents there, you read them, you act on them. This is heavenly business. So we wrote it down, and we put the scriptures in there to take hold of this issue. And we wrote it down, and he said, so it was November the 12th, 1985, at 9.30 that night. And we read this. He read it. I read it. And we signed it in the name of Jesus, and we signed our names to it as well. And then he said, now we will not say another negative word over this because it's done in the heavenlies. It's already taken place. We just don't see it yet. What is faith? Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of what you don't see yet. So we just began to praise the Lord praise the Lord and as as downcast as I was as much as I could not eat or sleep or whatever right a few few more days into that I could do very well because he said casting your care on me for I care for you that's taking the word instead of the feelings he said cast it on me because I care for you and so when we did that and we ne we'd drive down the road holding hands say, thank God this is done. Thank God it's over. Thank God it's happened. Thank God it's for us, and we take it now in Jesus' name. And, you know, it was almost a year before it came to pass. But endurance and patience. Faith and patience are the power twins, are the power twins. You've got to have some patience. Once you know that you're acting in faith, then you put your patience to, word, to work on what you've already agreed on. And then you can have what you say, what you believe, what you're acting on, what you're standing on. You know, and God wants you to live in victory. You know, that's why you cast these emotions. You know it's feelings. You know he's just there to pull you down. You don't want him to pull you down. But you're letting him unconsciously do it by siding in with how you feel or the depression of the day or the situation at work or at home or the kids, or sometimes even in ministry. We pastor, we, we know. And so, you know, but we pick up the answer, and we act on the answer, and we put the problem aside. He said in 3 John 1, uh, 3, uh, John, 3 John chapter 1, verse 2, Beloved, I pray above all things that you would prosper and be in health, even as, even as, even as your soul prospers. Even as your soul prospers. Even as your mind, your emotions, your intellect, what's going on up here prospers. It makes the other prosper. It makes your body prosper. It nearly pulled mine down. When I cast it over, it made the body prosper to come up, to receive, to be living in the Word of God again. 
And so, church, he wants that for you today. How many could just charge today and say, you know what? I'm going to lay these feelings down. I'm going to lay these emotions down. I'm going to, when, when you have a thought, you do not cast a thought out with another thought. You can't. You cast the thought out with words. You say, no, that is not my thought. No, that's not my thought. I won't take it. No, that's not my thought. I won't have that. You, ca you speak to your thought to say that is not mine. Since it's not mine, I'm not taking it. Because you have authority again over everything the devil has to say against you. You take your authority here and he will give you the power and give you the word and give you the supernatural to take hold of what's coming against you. But you, nobody can take authority over your emotions but you, nobody. Nobody can. They can help you. They can pray for you. But if you don't do it for you, nobody else can do it for you. So church today, Satan's had too much victory in your emotions. He has. All of us. He's had great victory there. Stop it today. You can say right today, no way, no way, no, 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 I'm not going back there. I'm not going back there. But I take my charge, I take my stand, I stand on the precious promises, and I'll react on them, and Satan will have no opportunity in me. Can you say that today and go with it? He comes to steal the word, don't let him steal it. Act it out, take charge over your own emotions, and you can have whatsoever the word says that you can have you can be what the word says you can be you can have what the word says you can have you can live like the word says you can live and you want to do that and so do i so it's been a joy to be with you today and just to share with you i hope it's blessed you it always blesses me to study it out and now i'm gonna give it back to pastor because he's coming to take a charge from here praise the lord thank you thank you pastor Thank you. One of the things that she emphasized was choosing. You know you have a choice. You have a choice to how you feel. You can choose. If you don't like the way you're feeling, then choose to feel different. If you wake up on the wrong side of the bed, choose to get up on the right side of the bed. That means waking up in a bad mood. I'm the only one that's ever done that in here, so you don't have to raise your hand or encourage me. But will you choose Jesus? Joshua told the children of Israel, choose you this day whom you will serve. It's a choice to serve God. He doesn't make you, but here's the thing. If he reveals himself to you, then choose him. None of us would really recognize him if he didn't reveal himself to us and through somebody speaking, through the Bible, through... Uh, hearing it on TV or radio or wherever, you were revealed God by the Word of God. Amen? And when you got saved, you chose, I want to do that. I want to I wanna accept Jesus as Lord. I want to I make Jesus my King. It's a choice. So I want you to make a choice today if you don't know Him. Will you bow your heads just for a moment? Just like you can choose your emotions or choose to, where are you going to go eat lunch today? The most powerful choice in the world is choosing Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior. 
choosing to accept the forgiveness that he provided at Calvary. Choosing to believe in him. You can know him. He will reveal himself to you. And he reveals himself more and more each day as we walk with him. So if you're here today and you don't know Jesus as Lord, will you just slip your hand up and say, Pastor, I want to accept Jesus. I choose today to accept Jesus as Lord and Savior. If that's you, will you just lift your hand? I'm not going to embarrass you. I want to lead you in a prayer. Let Jesus be real to you. Anybody. your hand, put it down. I see that hand. Is there another? I see that hand. I see that hand. The Lord's drawing people today. He started the service off this way. anybody else maybe you've you've given your life to Jesus a long time ago and you haven't been living for him maybe you want to just choose today that I'm going to turn and I'm going to walk with God you know what he'll, he'll accept you back if that's you just lift your hand real quick put it down about cleansing the temple. That's who you are. That's you on the inside, your spirit. Let's just pray for salvation and having a clean heart today, all right? Y'all pray with me. Say, Father, I come to make you Lord and King of my life. I want to know you. Save me from my sin. Forgive me of all wrong. Where I've missed it, haven't walked with you. Thank you, Father, that you accept me because you made me. You created me to be in your family. Today, I turn to be in your family with all my heart, with all my life. And I thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen.